Well, grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, it's Christmas Eve. Almost. Right? This afternoon at 4, we have a Christmas Eve service. But right now, we're still in the fourth Sunday of Advent. And I know it can be really hard to stay in that Advent mindset when it is Christmas Eve day. It is hard to keep waiting when we think the moment's finally arrived. But, before we celebrate Jesus coming into the world, we need to think about somebody very important. Someone who brings him into this world. Someone who has been chosen by God for this special task. You. Okay, maybe if I was to say Mary. <laughs> yes, Mary did all those things. And Mary has been highly respected throughout the history of the church. She's the one who has all the statues. She has that famous Hail Mary prayer. She's the one given the fancy title of Theotokos, meaning Mother of God. But long before Mary was seen that way, she was just like you. She was a regular person. In fact, she was a teenager. And she was called by God to share Jesus with the world. And honestly, that's what this gospel reading is about. It's Mary's call story. And it's an outline of your call story, too. To be more specific, this gospel reading shows us five things about Mary's call that also apply to us. So let's start at the beginning. Mary's there just minding her own business when suddenly the angel Gabriel shows up. Now, seeing an angel is a terrifying thing. Right? These were not cute little cherubs or pretty people with wings, like Victoria's Secret angels. No, they were messengers from God. And when this messenger showed up, the first thing he said was, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. He doesn't call her Mary. He calls her favored one. So right off the bat, there's the reminder that God favors her and God is with her. Or simply, God loves her. And Mary's response is stunned silence. Or as the text says, she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. Right, exactly, what kind of greeting is this? I mean, Mary probably already knew that God loved her, but it's a weird way to start a conversation. Like when somebody comes up to you and starts talking to you, they probably say your name, right? They don't say, hey, beloved of God. Even though you are beloved of God, you don't start a conversation that way. But Gabriel does it. 
because he's establishing the foundation for what we'll say next. Okay, so that's step one. God loves you. In step two, Gabriel tells Mary not to be afraid. Then he says that she will conceive, bear a son, and will name him Jesus. He will be called Son of the Most High and will receive the throne of his ancestor David. Mary's response is, how can this be, since I'm a virgin? Or in other words, why me? Right, sure, the idea of the Son of the Most High being born sounds really great. But why is she the one who has to bring him here? Mary is scared. She's human, like the rest of us. And she's got emotions, like the rest of us. And in this moment, when God wants her to do something, her response is, um, why do I have to do it? Doesn't the fact that I'm a virgin kind of prevent me from doing it? Right? Mary didn't ask to be pregnant. She didn't ask for this angel to show up. She didn't ask for God to choose her to do this amazing and scary thing. So why her? Maybe you know that feeling too. How many times have you asked, why me? Why do I have to do this? You didn't go looking for that extra responsibility. You didn't seek out that burden. You didn't want this extra thing piled on top of your already full plate. But there it was. And you're the one who had to deal with it. Sometimes the call of God can feel that way. Because God loves you, then God calls you. Like Mary. But sometimes, also like Mary, we don't want to listen to that call. We'd rather stick with our regular, comfortable lives, thank you very much. We'd rather pass the responsibility off to somebody else. We come up with our own excuses. Like Mary's excuse of, but I'm a virgin. We say things like, but I'm too old, I'm too young, I'm too busy, I'm too tired, I'm too whatever. I don't want to do it. Let somebody else do it. Well, Mary couldn't pass it off. And neither can you. This call is given to you. So part one is God loves you. Part two is God calls you, whether you want the call or not. In part three of the conversation, Gabriel addresses Mary's concern. He says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. 
You will be called Son of God. Or in other words, yes, Mary, I know you're scared. You feel inadequate. You wonder why me? But all of those responses are focused on you. If this were all up to you, then yes, your fear would be justified. Because you would likely screw it all up. But here's the thing. This isn't all about you. Yes, you have an important role to play, but this is God's doing. Your job is to just go along with it. You don't have to come up with a master plan. You don't have to know all the details. You don't need to figure it all out. God will take care of that. And God will take care of you. That is a wonderful word of comfort. Because how many times do you feel like you have to have it all together? Like how many of you have been feeling overwhelmed recently? Especially in these last few weeks getting ready for Christmas. You had to get all those plans in order and get all the details figured out. But when it comes to God's call, though, you don't need to plan it all out. Your job is just to show up and obey God. Because God's in charge. If you're a control freak, then that can be bad news. But if you know that you can't handle it all, then this is a welcome word of relief. It's a weight off your shoulders. You don't have to handle it all. So part one, God loves you. Part two, God calls you. Part three, God will work through you. In part four, Gabriel says something else important. He says, And now your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her who is said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Or in other words... I can see you're still hesitant, Barry. But guess what? God has also called your relative Elizabeth. She's older than you, and she's having a baby too. And if God can do that in her life, then certainly God can do something great in your life too. This is the moment when things shifted for Mary. Because I bet when she heard about what's going on with Elizabeth, she thought all the way back to Sarah, the wife of Abraham. Sarah was too old to have a baby too. And yet she did. 
And now, if God is doing for Elizabeth what God did for Sarah, then that means God's work is not limited to stories from long ago and far away. Instead, God is at work here and now, too. And that means God is at work in Mary. This is why Mary says, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Mary says the same word said by the prophets of old. Here am I. Because she knows that she's not alone here. God is with her. And Elizabeth would be right there with her too. God is doing real things in Elizabeth's life. And God is going to do real things in Mary's life too. And God is doing real things in your life too. Think about it this way. Who has been an Elizabeth to your Mary? When you have felt scared and uncertain in life, who has been there to cheer you on? Who has reminded you of God's work in your life? Because they know God's work in their own life. Who has been that model of faith for you? And who has been a Mary to your Elizabeth? Who have you cheered on and supported in the life of faith? Who has found encouragement from you because you listened to God? Sometimes you're Mary, and sometimes you're Elizabeth. But in either case, you are not alone. So that's the fourth thing. Part one, God loves you. Part two, God calls you. Part three, God works through you. And part four, God calls others to be with you. And then part five. Once Mary meets Elizabeth and sees that what the angel said was true, Mary sings her Magnificat, which we had as the psalm just a moment ago. Mary hears Elizabeth's word of greeting and celebration, and then Mary can't help but celebrate. Mary bursts into song because she sees that what God is doing is amazing. And I hope that when you see God doing something amazing in your life, that you can't help but celebrate too. 
I mean, maybe there have been times that you have seen something wonderful happen. And you knew that it wasn't because of anything you did. Yes, you had a part to play in it, but it was way bigger than you. That's God at work. So that's how Mary's call connects to your call. First, God loves you. Second, God calls you. Third, God works through you. Fourth, God calls others to be with you. And fifth, God gets praise from you. As we gear up to celebrate Jesus' birth, let's remember that the celebration isn't just about what happened the moment Jesus was born. It's also about the woman who is called by God to share Jesus with the world. And it's about how God calls you to share Jesus with the world, too. As Gabriel said, for nothing will be impossible with God. Bringing Jesus to others was not impossible for Mary. And it's not impossible for you either. Because of that, like Mary, we can't help but say, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. In the name of the one born of Mary, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.